Hello, everybody, and welcome back into Talk Off. It is Tuesday, January 10th. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for listening. I'm here. It's me, Zach. We got producer Jake. We got Chris. We're all here, and you know we're excited for another episode today. We're gonna we're gonna get into a little little bit of football. You know, we'll go over the uh, upcoming weekend and in, in the playoffs. We're gonna get into some Trevor Bauer. Where is he gonna land after being cut by the Dodgers? And me and Daz are gonna give you guys our favorites and our least favorites off seasons for the MLB. It's gonna so be a lot gonna of be fun. A fun episode. It's got to be a lot of fun. Whoa, jinx, and you know, jinx, you owe me a, a soda. Actually, I don't drink soda. I will buy you a soda. You can you. you can get me a nice refreshing. I'll, buy, uh, I'll get you an Arnold Palmer. Oh, okay. What's your favorite Gatorade flavor? You know, a younger me would would have said yellow, but I, I'm more distinguished now, so it's light blue. So, I've been really into the the G Zero glacier freeze because it makes oh, me feel you were gonna say that. no but it, it makes me feel better about myself not drinking like a lot of sugar but like the glacier f- freeze flavor tastes exactly like, like regular gatorade and it like it makes me feel like i'm sipping something from a nice cold glacier yeah yeah okay they they literally just call it glacier freeze so you feel like you're drinking from a glacier i don't know it does does it taste like a glacier it's all it about like the experience. Cherries? It's about the experience, okay? All right, sorry, man. So we are recording about an hour before the college football championship. Very exciting game about to come up between TCU and Georgia. I'm still high on Georgia, but it's going to be a fun game tonight. Do you think Nick Saban, because I see he's uh, on the pregame show right now, do you think he's like pretty mad that he has to be there and not coaching in the game, or do you think at this at this rate it's like whatever? I've won. I've I've been to this dance a few times. No, he's pro- he's honestly probably pissed off, and he has to be there to make some money. But I mean, does he really have to be there? I love when Pat Ma- look at Pat McAfee. I love when he looks so distinguished, puts looks, on his suit like he's like an actual analyst. It's just an idiot. Like he 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 he's hilarious. I fucking love him, but like. He puts on his little suit like he's all official, like he knows stuff. Come on. He's – come on. He's a comedian, basically. And he had a hell of a leg. Did have hell of a leg. Hell of a leg. Leg? I got to pronounce that L. Leg. 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 Okay. I got it down. You know people that say leg, like egg? It's not me. I think it is you. So tough, t- tough night last night. My uh, my my Green Bay Packers, who I uh, so gracefully share in the ownership group for, were eliminated by the Detroit Lions. So I'll be watching. The sad part is I'll be watching the uh, this playoffs from the sidelines. But good luck to everybody who uh, who made it. I'll just uh, have to delay my ring order one extra year. But it's all right. <laughs> okay. The sad part is for the Lions is like the, they win that game to ruin the season for the Packers and they don't even get in. Like it's so sad. I wish the Lions were in. Nobody wants to see the Seahawks. They're going to get killed. At least the Lions, you know, I think the Lions would have put forth some sort of effort, kept, you know, the playoff game a little interesting. But the Seahawks, they're going to get rolled. What's your uh, What's your opinion on Dan Campbell? I think that dude fires me up, dude. I would love playing. I would I would love playing for him and I think people do love playing for him. I don't know how you couldn't. So passionate. Did they get uh the Lions got hard knocks this past year, right? Yeah, did you watch it? it I have it. No, good. and I I really should get on that though. It was pretty good. What's the in-season one was the Cardinals though, which was terrible. And I feel like they've had the in-season one before. I don't know. I don't think so. Maybe I'm thinking of something else, but well, the Cardinals just had a terrible year, so like nobody cares right. what happened inside their camp. Fired Cliff King- Kingsbury today. Oh, really? I missed that. Yep. So the Cardinals will be looking for a coach. This weekend's going to be a this, lot of fun. Yeah, this weekend's going to be a lot of fun. This playoff is it's going to be interesting, and you know I'm really excited for some of the teams who 
you know, some of the fringe teams that got in, like the Jaguars. I'm so happy the Jaguars won the AFC South. What a, what a game against the Titans, you know. A little bit of a shit game at the beginning, you know, field goal games, but that's just how the Titans play the Jaguars. That's how the Titans play everyone. And, you know, the Jaguars were just the better team, and they win the AFC South. They're in the playoffs. They got the Chargers in the first round of the playoffs, and that's going to be a good game. That's a team they've already beaten this year. A team yeah. that just had Mike Williams get carted off the other day, so they are most likely without him. Joey Bosa got hurt in that game as well. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I would love to see the Jaguars go on a run. I think with Trevor Lawrence quarterback in that team, it's a lot of fun. The um, Chargers open at minus one and a half point favorites on this game. And honestly, if I'm a if I'm a Jaguars fan, like. I'm looking at this game and I'm not afraid of this this Chargers team at all. I'm very confident in I'm drawing a blank. Tre- Trevor Lawrence. Oh my gosh. I, I, I was like I was thinking was I was bad. like who plays who plays quarterback for the Jaguars again? Um Blake Bortles. Yeah, literally. And the money line's minus 105. So this is this is pretty much this is a toss up this game honestly. And in looking at the this, the entire slate as a whole I'm a Giants fan. I'm fired up too. I'm fired up for yeah. Sunday. Yep. The Vikings are a very beatable team. Very beatable team. They've already proven that they can hang with them. Right. And you I can make that you, argument you know, that I the, like Giants the Giants won that game. Yeah, ex- exactly. I like the Giants this week. You know, Minnesota has shown their weaknesses. They can't play defense very good. And the Giants are a team that likes to hang around and then have one thing go their way. If they get the if they get the, a couple breaks against the Vikings, there's no reason why they can't win. I'll tell you who I'm betting on heavily this weekend. I think I might take Seattle plus ten and a half. That's a lot of points for a playoff game. Uh, I don't agree with you, but you. Uh, <laughs> You go ahead. I, I'm not, I, won't, I won't tell a man what to do with his money. Fair the enough. The public, it will be all over San Fran. That's, this is true. I but just think with Purdy and for his first a good playoff reason. game, I think 10.5 is a lot of points. I guess. That's not my I official always, pick, though. I always forget that they have Purdy. I wish they had Jimmy G. They would literally win the Super Bowl. Cowboys Bucks on Monday night is going to be interesting. Yeah, you know, Tom Brady never lost to the Cowboys before, and I don't think he plans on losing now. I, I think the Bucks will probably win this game because the Cowboys can't win a playoff game, and Tom Brady loves winning playoff games. If the Cowboys beat the Bucks here, they're just rewriting history. Both both teams, you know, Tom, Tom Brady and the Cowboys. So, yeah, good luck, Cowboys. But. I, if you look at the history books, you're going to lose. It's so funny to me, too, that this is a home game for Tampa at 8-9. and nine. At 8-9, and nine, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's great. Just shows you got you got you play to your conference, I NFL guess. NFL rigged. Brady. It's not – I mean, it's not rigged. Well, I mean they, – They play in a weak conference. I mean, they, look at their – I mean, their division. Look at their division. Their division's so weak. There's nobody there. It's so bad that they had to win at 8-9. and nine. You know Goodell was going to try to find a way for Brady to get a home playoff game. Well, of course, but I'm just saying. If he didn't have a home playoff game, he wouldn't have a playoff game. You think he comes back next year? Uh, not to Tampa, yeah. but to the NFL, yeah. Rodgers could be done. I think Rodgers is retiring. Maybe become a Jet. No, I think Rodgers will retire. I agree. I think it's more likely he retires, but it would be And fun. I think Brady... Brady, my guess is Vegas or San Fran. But yeah, a lot of exciting stuff to look forward to in the NFL this weekend. Trevor Bauer, officially released by the Dodgers. Zach, there's a lot of places he could go. And uh, there's going to be a lot of teams vouching for his talent. I'm curious to hear who you think are going to be the bidders for Bauer. I... I have I have kind of trouble seeing who's gonna who's gonna try to go after him here. Yeah, I agree with you. I I really d- don't know. And we talked about it pre-show, and 
and I told you th- there's two wh- two things that are going to ha- two either thing is going to happen. Either he's going to take teams are going to take the route that teams that are in contention for World Series and just need that one extra veteran pitcher are going to go out and sign him. You know, I have teams like the Mets, the Astros, the Padres. Those are the teams I'm talking about, you know, those teams that have disposable money. It doesn't matter. He's not going to get a lot of money anyway coming off the suspension, I don't expect. But teams that just need that veteran arm, you know, to be a back end of the starting rotation kind of guy to help in the playoff push. I think there's definitely a possibility of him starting the year as a free agent and not getting signed until closer to, you know, the trade deadline. Now, there's another way that it could go in that he goes to more of a low market team that, you know, the bad publicity is whatever because the team is so low market, it doesn't matter. A team like Cincinnati or Cleveland, you know, two teams that he's already been on before. He won his Cy Young in Cincinnati. Um, Cleveland is my favorite. I don't know if it's the it's, I don't think he's going to go there the most. I just think that that's my favorite. That would be my favorite landing spot for him. I think he would fit perfectly into that Cleveland starting rotation between him, Bieber, and McKenzie with Cal Quantrill at four. Yeah, that, that would, would be, be a disgusting rotation that I would love to see. And, I, you know, I really, really would love him to go to Cleveland. But if I was a betting guy, I would bet on one of these, you know, big market teams pushing for a world series to go out and get him like the Mets or the Astros. I think it could be the Rangers too. I think the Rangers could that's, be. Yeah. That's another one. I mean, throw him in the mix with DeGrom. That one, two, two Cy Young winners. At that the rotation, rotation, that rotation would be, would be very impressive if they added Trevor Bauer to it. DeGrom, Bauer, Eovaldi, Odorizzi, Martin Perez. Yeah. That would be scary. Be, I almost wonder if um, that would be scary. I know. I know. Bauer has been working out in a. I believe he owns a facility that he puts up online and makes content on YouTube about him throwing and whatnot. I would be curious to see what ownership groups in Major League Baseball think about him not facing batters for almost a year and a half. Is going to. I agree. His value. Uh, I agree. He, he. You know. He took. He. He. He hasn't played baseball in almost two years. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of how you have to think about it. And you can, you can work out as much as you want. He can, he can be throwing even live at bats, like in, in the pen or on a field, even that just, but that's practice. He hasn't been playing in major league games against major league talent for almost two years. And is that going to affect his play? I don't know. Yeah, I'd be. I'm really, gonna assume yes. I'd be skeptical. I'm gonna assume I'd yes. I'd be skeptical if I was a general manager right now. Yeah, and I think general managers are skeptical, and I think they're gonna be skeptical of him, which is why I do think that there's a possibility of him starting the year as a free agent. Um, you know, I think this is this is gonna be one of those times that he starts as a free agent, someone signs him, and. They'll see if he plays well in the back half of the year. If not, see ya. And if he does, someone will offer him a contract. You know, it's going to be a slight PR headache, you know, for a team to sign him. But you're getting a former Cy Young award winner. You know, he was a very good pitcher for Cincinnati. He was very good for Cleveland. The Dodgers went out and tried to get their guy. And, you know, shit happens. But... He'll be back this year. I do expect him to play this year. Somebody will pick him up. My money would be on Mets, Astros, Padres. And I I do, now that you say it, like the Rangers there as well. Yeah. And you know what's really interesting about this whole situation is I was under the impression the entire time that the Dodgers were going to cut him. This didn't come to a surprise to me, but apparently the Dodgers flew him out to their camp in Phoenix uh, midway through the, the week last week. And according to Bauer, the, there were some conversations with him in ownership and upper management on this team that he was going to pitch with the Dodgers this year. I don't know if you saw this, but there was there was conversations that they wanted him on the team this year, and then I don't want to say they almost backhanded him, but 
Uh, it definitely seemed on social media that Trevor was a bit shocked that this is the way it turned out. But, you know, the Dodgers are entitled to handle their team the way they want to handle it. So, so Bauer will be in someone else's hands. I'm assuming probably soon, but to your point, it could be a midway through the season signing if someone goes down with injuries. Plus, if you sign him in, in May or early June, there's not necessarily a rush to get him to the big leagues. You can have that guy just sit in AAA for a week or two, two, three weeks, and just really work on um, getting the field back out there on the bump. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's going to be tough. It's definitely going to be tough. Uh, I'm really, I'm really interested to see, you know, who does go out and get him. Um, we haven't really heard anybody, any rumblings really of anybody who, who says that they want him or he hasn't really been connected to anybody. I feel like yet. it's definitely like once one team starts getting floated out there, more teams will start to bite. I think it's a situation where <laughs> someone's probably afraid to make the first move right now. Oh, a hundred percent. And you can't blame them because, you know, with those things that happened, it's very sensitive, obviously. I mean, there were no criminal charges against him and he wasn't arrested, but the allegations are so serious that you have to take that into account. And right you have to, you know, decide is this kind of the kind of, you know, PR I can handle on my team. And this is this, is this the kind of player that I can handle on my team? And I do think that there are some organizations out there that don't really care about the PR and don't really care about what he's done in his past. They care about that. He's going to go out there and give them a, you know, sub three, five ERA and throw a lot of strikeouts and, you know, help them win a world series. I think that's on a lot more general managers minds than, you know, the PR headache. So I do expect him to go somewhere this year and, you know, it'll be, it'll be exciting to see what he's got when he gets out there. Yeah. And I believe the, he doesn't officially clear waivers until I believe Friday, Thursday. It's, it's the end of this week. So the Dodgers could still trade him. So as unlikely as that is, uh, definitely keep an eye out for that. Because I believe the Dodgers would still have to eat his contract no matter if they traded him or not because he's already been designated for assignment. Yes. So it'll be interesting to see. Maybe, you know, maybe someone trades him. It's unlikely, but, I mean, crazier things have happened. So Hopefully we get some more news on that within the coming weeks. Absolutely. Should we get into uh, some winners and losers for this offseason? Let's do it. So me and Chris, both of us, we came up with three each, three people that we thought, you know, were our favorite offseasons, absolutely won the offseason, and three that, you know, they just didn't do quite enough. Um, So Chris, we'll start with you with your first favorite winner of this offseason. Who's your first one? I'm going the New York Mets on the first one. And uh, it's a pretty obvious pick on this one. Adding in Verlander, getting Sanga, David Robertson, Quintana, Omar Narvaez. I mean, Cohen and, and upper management quickly replaced DeGrom, Bassett, Walker, Trevor Williams. You know, this was these are huge additions to the team. I'm really looking forward to seeing how we bounce back after losing a franchise guy like DeGrom, but I don't think it's going to stop this team's momentum at all. I mean, we're a 100-win team basically without DeGrom for the entire season last year, so I don't think it's going to cause that much of a halt to our production moving forward. And obviously the big signing, getting Diaz back in the back end of that bullpen, because historically with the Mets, like the bullpen has been very shaky. So having... Diaz locked in down there for the bullpen, grabbing Otto back in there too. I'm really looking forward to seeing what we can do this year. Yeah, the the you know the Mets are obviously the team to beat this year. They're they're the team everybody's talking about, and they're the offseason that everybody was talking about. Um, you and know, of they, course, they just this, made this, moves. Steve Cohen's done it. He's done right. It. He has uh, 
definitely made true on his promises to Mets fans that he was going to spend money on this team. Obviously, at the time of recording this, there has been no resolution to the Correa signing yet. All signs are still pointing towards the Mets, although things could change in an instant and he could flip to go somewhere else. But assuming this goes in, Cohen will have spent upwards of, of what I believe it's it's got to be upwards of $750 million committed this offseason. I mean, with Nimmo, Diaz, Verlander, Correa. I mean, these are Senga. massive, massive contracts. Senga, I mean, these are massive contracts that he's put up on his payroll. So, like I said earlier, Cohen doesn't give a shit about your luxury tax. He's going to keep spending. And, yeah, it's, I, I, that's really all I have to say about it. There's there's nothing really more you can say than it's, I mean, unfortunately for us now, I, you, you never like to use this phrase, but at this rate, it's it's World Series or bust. And, uh, yep, that's where we are. All our chips are on the table. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens in the season, but there's no doubt that we have to have the, the top seat at, the, uh, at this table for winners in the offseason. 100%. And, you know, my first favorite – of the off season favorite off season was the New York Mets as well. And, and you know, you just, you can't deny what Steve Cohen is doing and you can't deny that the Mets had the best off season. You know, you know, it, it just is that it's simply that they spent the most money, but they spent money in smart ways. You know, they replaced Jacob deGrom. They replaced everyone they lost in that rotation they may not have added, you know, a big bat if the Correa does not Correa deal does not go through. Right. Well, we got Obviously, we got we locked Nimmo up, which is great for us. Exactly. You may not have added a big bat in Correa, but signing Nimmo back is huge, and and locking him up for for a good portion of time, I think, is very big to be your everyday center fielder. And the Mets just it's their year. It's their year. It's going to be their year for the next couple of years and. You know, we're excited to see where things go. Hopefully, you know, the Correa deal goes through and the yeah, Mets will be off crossed. and running. Fingers crossed on that one, but it looks like Correa is going to be our third baseman for the next decade or so. So, Yep. So my next favorite, since, you know, you took the Mets, would be the Texas Rangers. And, you know, we've talked a lot about the Texas Rangers on this show. I just love this offseason for the Texas Rangers for one reason, one reason only, and that's because they spent money where they needed to spend money and they got out of there. You know, going into last season, everyone saw the Texas Rangers go out and and put up $500 million for Marcus Semyon and Corey Seager. And they were thinking, you know, you know, what the hell are they doing? They don't have the pieces to go out and sign these guys. But what the Texas Rangers decided to do was sign those guys, and then they took this offseason, this year, to address another issue, which was their starting rotation. They go out, and they spend big money, and they sign Jacob deGrom. Love it. Absolutely love it. They got their ace for the next five years. Congratulations, Rangers fans. Yeah, you got the best But they weren't the done there. They weren't done. They signed Andrew Heaney, who had a career year last year in LA. Then they re-signed Martin Perez, who has been iffy for them, but it's another veteran pitcher who has been on the team and has been pretty solid. They trade for Jake Odorizzi from Atlanta, another great veteran pitcher for their bullpen. And then to, excuse me, for the rotation. And then to round out the rotation, they go and they sign Another great veteran pitcher in Nathan Eovaldi. I love the Rangers offseason. I think they just they have used this offseason to solidify themselves it, to having a top five, top ten rotation in baseball when last year you would have argued that they had a bottom five rotation in baseball. Just a couple smart signings with that one big big whale in Jacob deGrom signing and you find yourself with a top five rotation in baseball. And I'm excited for the Texas Rangers now. 
Yeah, it's amazing how one guy can change the whole perspective of your team. If you look at the Rangers six months ago when they were bottom of the pack in the AL West, and now you look at them and you could say maybe they'll you know make some noise in that division at some point down the line. But the Rangers definitely get their guy in Degrom. When healthy, he's obviously the best pitcher on the planet, so there's no denying that fact. And you get him for a reasonably good price for, like I said, if healthy, like this is a great deal for their organization. And it's great for Rangers fans. You know, the past two off seasons have been great for them. Their ownership has clearly stated that they want to win and they want to win now. And they've definitely been putting their money where their mouths is. So it's time for those players to go out and perform. But I 100% agree with you that this is, if I'm a Ranger fan, this is a very great off season because you went out there and you and you got the the big fish in the in the sea so they got the big fish and they surrounded that big fish with little fish to help him and i i love it i love it what a great metaphor that was that's why they're on my uh that's why they're on my list as one of my favorites what's your next great metaphor thank you you know they they used to call me edgar Allan poe in back in high school but not anymore i'm a poet you know that's a little dark. And I don't even of, know a, of, of an author to, to I don't describe even show yourself to. That's it's a little. I was I was thinking more along the lines of Doctor Seuss, but wow, we're going that. No, way. no, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Doctor Seuss is a clown. Okay. Ed I do have bars. I do have bars. Let's 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 relax here a little bit. Does is there a team in the NFL named the Seusses? No, there's the Ravens for Edgar Allan Poe. That's sick. Football team named after him. That's how cool he was. So the next up on my list are the Philadelphia Phillies. The Phillies went out and grabbed Turner, Taiwan Walker, and Matt Strom. After not really losing that that much of significant talent, I mean, Syndergaard walked out the door. You do lose bullpen guys and David Robertson and Brand Hand and Zach Eflin, but I don't really see a way that the Phillies got worse this offseason. I think they only got substantially better. You pair Turner up with the long term with Harper. I think the outlook for this team for the next decade is great. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, the Phillies, they did what they had to do, and they got their big guy in, in Trey Turner to play shortstop for the next you know 11 years or whatever it is. Right. And we, we saw what this team the- was capable of this offseason. Exactly. It's, it's, it's not necessarily and, you know, like they needed to go out and get more talent. No, you. I mean, you let some of the pitching go, which is, which is obviously unfortunate. Losing a guy, you know, like David Robertson or or you know Eflin too, but the, you know this this bullpen still has pieces. You know, Sir Anthony Dominguez. I, I think he's phenomenal in the bullpen, and they still have you know guys like Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler to you know keep that rotation solid. And I think the Phillies are going to be solid this year. You know, I, I do think they're going to be another wild card team, which is the unfortunate part about playing in the NL East against you know the powerful Mets. But the Phillies are still going to be very good this year. They're still going to be in that playoff. And I think having Trey Turner at shortstop every day is going to be great for them. I think Bryson Stott being able to move over to second base only helps him even more as well. Yeah. His glove is so much better at second. He has the arm for second, not for shortstop. I think it's great that they're going to be able to move him over. That tandem up the middle is going to be the probably the fastest middle infield in baseball. And, you know, I'm excited for the Phillies. It, it was a great offseason, and they deserve to be on this list just for the Turner signing period. I think that they've already done the heavy lifting that they have already needed to do this offseason to remain a contender in the NL East, in the National League, in a larger scale. I think looking forward to make this a real slam dunk of an offseason, they probably have to get one more starter and maybe one more reliever, and then the team looks pretty well-rounded for next year. But when you look at this lineup, man, the first seven hitters, Turner, Kyle Schwarber, Real Muto, Harper, Hoskins, Castellanos, Bohm. Like, dude, there's not a hole in that first seven men in that lineup. Nope. The NL East is going to be a lot of fun this year. A lot of fun in the NL East. Baseball is going to be a lot of fun. 
there's just a lot of good teams out there. 78 days till opening day. Oh, yeah. Counting down, baby. We should get a counter on the screen. We should. Zach, your last winner. My last winner this offseason is is a little bit different, and I, I went a little different route. This was just one of one of my favorite off seasons. It may not have been the best. Everyone may not have thought it was great, but me personally, I think this team just made themselves so much better in small ways, and that's the Seattle Mariners. The Seattle Mariners this off season. You know, they didn't have that much money to play around with. With signing Robbie Ray two years ago, giving Castillo an extension after they trade, traded for him, signing J-Rod to a long-term deal, they had put up a lot of money already in this offseason. So they weren't really out there to, you know, go and sign guys to long-term deals, which they didn't. But... They made three trades this offseason that I think makes their team so much better. And we know the Seattle Mariners are going to be there next year. We've talked about, I've talked about their starting rotation. It's one of my favorite in baseball with Gilbert, Kirby, Castillo, and Ray. Yep. And they just made their lineup so much better. Listen to this, all right? They get rid of Mitch Haniger. That's an unfortunate loss, but that's okay. You know, he leaves in free agency, goes to the Giants. Carlos Santana had a good back half of the year last year, but that's not who you want as your everyday DH. They lose Adam Frazier. Wasn't good in Seattle at all. Shouldn't have been there. Thank God he's gone. And they lose Matt Boyd in free agency. But here's the trades they made. They go out and they get Teoscar Hernandez from Toronto, which I think is great for them. They needed more of a power in in the outfield to play corner outfield. Teoscar has a good glove as well. I expect him to hit at least 25 home runs next year, and it's a good guy to play alongside J-Rod. They get rid of Jesse Winker in a trade as well. Jesse Winker played horrible for the Mariners. He didn't want to be there. He was expressing how he didn't want to be there. You could tell he didn't want to be there, and they didn't want him there. So they trade him to Milwaukee, and they get back Colton Wong. Colin Wong, in my opinion, is the perfectly average second baseman that you want on your team. Like he it's just he does depth. everything. Great depth. It's great depth. He's going to start at second for them, and he's such a solid infielder. He's consistently solid. He has a good glove. He can hit pretty good for average. He can hit, you know, he can give you a couple doubles here and there. He's not going to hit, you know, probably plus eight, 10 home runs, but he's a good solid everyday second baseman that they can slide in and be definitely better than Adam Frazier. And then just a very slight trade that they made. That is one of honestly my favorites is they get rid of Kyle Lewis, which I am so happy that they have because the guy is he basically lives in the hospital. All he does is get hurt. He's gotten hurt every single year since he won rookie of the year. And he, he's, he was just done. So they send him to Arizona for Cooper Hummel. And I love this trade because Cooper Hummel is a great backup contingency plan for Jared Kelenic. If he doesn't have it again this year, if yeah. they're, you know, they're probably going to run Kelenic out there on opening day. But if he, you know, puts up the same season he has the past two seasons, he's getting most likely DFA'd, and Cooper Hummel is going to come in and start. And he's a great defensive outfielder. He'll be a great contingency plan if Kalanick doesn't work. You know, the Mariners, I think they're really the team to watch this year. I agree with you. And, you know, they just went out and grabbed Pollock, too. That's a recent signing. So that's more they did. They did. They added. That's right. But, man, this team is going to be fun, dude. This, like – for a team that hadn't been to the playoffs in 20 plus years and now to have a completely loaded slate of talent in their locker room, like Seattle, Seattle is going to be bumping all year long, dude. This is going to be awesome to watch. I think they're going to chase Houston for the division. I really do. So that, that NL West, or excuse me, AL West just keeps getting better. They just, yeah, better and better between them and Texas you know, it's going to it's going to get interesting within the coming years. 
All right. What about you, Chris? What, who's your last team? So I want to address something before I hop into my last pick here. On our last podcast, when we were talking about over-unders for uh, teams, I disrespected Blue Jays fans and their team. So I want to apologize for that. I uh, have a little sour taste in my mouth with the Blue Jays, but they are one of my – they're my last winner of this offseason. The Blue Jays went out and grabbed Bassett, Kevin Kiermeyer, who I think is still a top defender in this league, even though his bat is not there anymore, and Dalton Varsho. Like, this is a very underrated trade that the Blue Jays made. Yeah. And there's still a lot of talent there to be had. And I know they did lose some pitching with Stripling heading out the door, uh, Romeo Tapia leaving, Jackie Bradley Jr. leaving, but I think this team still has a lot of talent to fill those holes and Teoscar is another one who left to to Seattle but look I honestly think that I'm going back on my take that I had the other day that the Blue Jays are not a good team because <laughs> because that's obviously an idiotic take I'm I'm happy that you were able to listen to that take and realized yeah. what you were saying well see I just think because there's I was so very confused th- th- there's a lot of it could be this could be a team where you don't really know what you're going to get out of it a lot of the times you're so they're 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 so built on these young guys and these talent that I don't fully trust them in a division race yeah but ta- I get what like, you're saying they didn't lose a lot to necessarily say that they're going to be bad this year but I think I overall, think the offseason, they filled the holes they need needed to fill, and I think this is going to be a very good wildcard team come playoffs in October. Agreed. I mean, I, I think you, you lose Tay Oscar, and that is a, a little bit of a hit. You know, he, he was very good for them in the outfield. But adding a guy like Dalton Varsho to play defense in the corner outfield for you maybe catch a little bit, but I expect him to play a lot of outfield. They already have Kirk and Jansen to catch. They don't really need him to catch. Having a guy like that to round out your outfield is huge for them. You know, they they really struggled defensively last year, and they have in the past. Having a guy like Dolan Varsho out there is going to be great, and he's another young guy with tons of control, and he hits the shit out of the fucking ball too. So... That trade, I think, is it has gone really under the radar. Not, like, not everybody's really talking about it as being, you know, this huge trade. I think that's a great trade, and I think it's going to be great for Toronto. I think they had a great off season. Not to mention, it's like that. we talked about last episode. Yeah. Their whole, I'm sorry, their but their whole season is going to ride on can Jose Barrios pitch like he used to or is he going to pitch like he did last year right that's how their season's going to go if, if he can figure it out they're they're going to figure it out if he can't they might not and this could be a scary team yeah not to mention the fact that uh Varsho is a lefty and this is a predominantly righty lineup so it, it, it adds more balance so that's an issue they had to address at some point this offseason absolutely and I'm, I'm glad they did now, moving on to our, you know, I wouldn't say losers of the offseason, but our well, some least of them are favorite definitely offseason. Losers. Some of them some are, of them losers, are but, losers, and some of them are just, you know, our least favorite. They did make moves, but they may, should have made more, or they I didn't like the moves they made. So, Chris, you start us off. What's your first one? The Los Angeles Dodgers. And this is a team that lost Trey Turner. Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner, Joey Gallo, Tyler Anderson, Andrew Heaney, Craig Kimbrell, David Price, Chris Martin. The list goes on and on. And the really only signings that you can really feel strongly that this team needed to make was they had to get back Kershaw. They definitely had to go get another pitcher because the the rotation's been hurt in the past two years. So they get Syndergaard to pair that up. And then also they go out and get J.D. Martinez. But this huge, massive amount of talent that they've lost this offseason, and they really haven't done anything to fill this gap. This is uh, this is an interesting time for Dodgers fans because I know they have a lot of talent in-house, but you also lost a lot of talent in-house. 
No, the Dodgers have they have such a luxury because they are so good at developing their young talent and they always do have a lot of young talent in their farm system that they can get away with years like this where they lose, you know, a ton of guys. They have this guys is, that are going to come up and, yeah. and and fill and fill roles. But I, I think this is this was a huge loss offseason for the Dodgers. They lost a lot of guys. Losing an MVP caliber player like Trey Turner is going to hurt them. Yes, Gavin Lux is going to be a very solid shortstop. But is he going to be Trey Turner? No. No. He's not going to be Trey Turner. You, know, you add JD Martinez, but you lose Justin Turner. Okay, you lost pretty much the same player. It's just it's pretty much an even trade. You know, you lose Cody Bellinger, your former MVP. You lose a couple pitchers. Like, you know, there you can only lose so many players before people start, you know, questioning are they going to be the same team next year? And obviously we don't think their Dodgers are going to be bad next year. We're not saying that. But I would have liked to see the Dodgers go out there and Maybe not. Maybe if they don't sign someone, at least re-sign someone. Yeah, this like, is a, like a this Tyler is the Anderson. most vulnerable the Dodgers have looked in a long time. And I think when you have a team like the Padres, who are making moves, I mean, you have to remember six months ago, the Padres went out and grabbed a perennial MVP candidate in Juan Soto. Yep. So now you can make the argument. That the Mookie Betts trade to Los Angeles? Well, guess what? San Diego went out and got their MVP caliber kind of guy too. And he's not the only one on that team that has that talent. You still have Tatis there. So there's a there's yeah, a lot yeah. there's Tatis, a lot to be worried about yeah, if Machado. you're a Dodgers fan. Yeah, Machado. There's there's a lot to worry about if you're a Dodgers fan right now. I agree. You have you have the Padres right at your tail trying to overtake you for the division. You know, the, the San Diego Padres, they're they are tired of coming second in this fucking division. They all really are. They want to come in first in this division, and the only way to do it is go out there and spend more money than the Dodgers do, and they did it. The, so we'll see what happens yeah. when the year starts, but I, I, I don't see why the Padres can't go and win this division. This could be a year where the winner of the NL West – is upwards of 110 games. You could come. You could win 105 games, come in second, and be at a wild card spot. So it's going to be interesting to see the Dodgers. I'm sure the wheels are already turning in the front office, and there's some sort of move to address some holes in this lineup. I mean, hey, maybe Jason Hayward will come step back in for these guys. They got they grabbed him on a minor league deal. That'd be that that would be fun. I like uh, I like That'd Jason. Be hilarious. Um. But hey, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm sure that the Dodgers are, like always, they're always going to be very active in the trade market. And come deadline in July, I'm, I'm sure they'll be huge buyers. So that'll be interesting to keep an eye on. But for right now in the offseason, they are one of my losers. So suck it, LA. Let them know. All right. My first least favorite offseason you know I'm gonna get I'm gonna get called biased for this, but it's it, it's the Boston Red Sox. Everyone's heard me talk about the Boston Red Sox since we started this podcast, and I haven't had great words for them, and I don't have any right now. They're on this list not because I'm a fan of them, but because they had a terrible off season. They lost their homegrown player in Xander Bogarts. You know, their fan-loved player. Everyone loved Xander Bogarts. He leaves. You lose Ivaldi. You lose Strom. You lose Martinez. You lose Tommy Pham. You lose Waka. You lose Rich Hill. You know, not not huge names, but Xander Bogarts obviously kills you. Nathan Ivaldi, that guy led you to the, the pennant series in, in 2021. Michael Walker had a career year last year. JD Martinez has been on the team, you know, for four or five years, and he's had the best years of his career here. And what Heim Bloom and ownership does for the Boston Red Sox, they go out and they sign three relievers, Justin Turner and uh, and Yoshida from Japan. When we don't even know what he's going to do, 
it's definitely that's how they respond. And it was definitely an interesting game script this offseason for the the Boston Red Sox. You know, the Boston Red Sox are on this list for one reason and one reason only, and it's because nobody knows what they're what they're doing. So they had to. I had to put them on the list. It pains me to put them on the list, but I had to. Yeah. The only good thing they did this offseason, in my opinion, I do like the Yoshida signing. I do. I think he got too much money, but I like the signing. But the real only good thing they did this offseason was they they signed Rafael Devers to an extension last week. That's that's the only really good thing. That that that's the only thing that's really made me super happy. Like I'm happy that we're making the bullpen better, but. Why? What's the point of making the bullpen better for a 72-win team? There's no point. So, you know, they made this list because they, they made too many mistakes this offseason with letting Bogarts walk, having the whole song and dance with Devers before they even extended him. And people just don't know what's going on in Boston. So that's why they made the list, and it, it makes me very sad. Very sad. And I'm done talking about the Red Sox now. Forever. <laughs> I'm so sorry we had to put you through that. Oh, I know it's I know it's I know it's off seasons list. You don't know what it's like. I know I know it's a touchy subject, but we have a World Series in the last five years. Let's calm down. More than one. Not in the last five, but no, not in the last five. At least in my life. At least I've seen way more than you in my life. All right, all right. Let's settle down over there. I'm sticking with the NL West for my second pick of biggest losers of this offseason. I'm going with the San Francisco Giants. Yeah, it, it had to happen. And I'm not shitting on them for the Correa deal because obviously the Mets have an yeah, issue. Yeah, you kind of are. The, not really. I, I'll get to you what I'm shitting about in a second about this team because trust me, they're going to hear it from me. I'm not blaming them about the Correa because obviously there's red flags about his leg or his ankle, whatever it may be. That's not what I'm here to talk about. What I'm here to talk about is we heard for months that Aaron Judge was going to be a San Francisco Giant. (laughs) I mean, you might as well have written this guy off to be a San Francisco Giant. And not only do they not go after and get him, their biggest... Off-season addition was either Michael Conforto or Mitch Haniger right now. And you lose a guy with the caliber of... You lose a a pitcher as the caliber of Rodon. But for a team that really was banking on the fact... I'm not saying maybe even ownership, but the fan base who's banking on the fact that Judge was going to be their guy, and then after that fell through, Correa was going to be their guy. Like, There's been a lot of ups and downs of this offseason for Giants fans. I feel for them. But for looking at it from an ownership perspective, they, they, they had to do something to really boost the morale of not only the team but the fan base and get everyone back involved. And so far, I've seen nothing that really does that for me. That's why I'm putting them in my losers category here. There needs to be something done at some point if you're a Giants fan. I don't know what it is. I don't even know if it might be trade market. Like they're a, a good, very marketable team. They so are, and, I, yeah. It, I, and, and I feel for the fans. They should be able to attract larger talent to go there. They tried their best this year, and it it just wasn't enough. And you know, maybe next, maybe next year, but. This year, I don't think is the Giants' year. Hopefully, Conforto has a good year for them. I think I think he will, but we'll see what am happens with the Giants. To, um, I think they're going to struggle, actually. Am I allowed to change a take? Go ahead. Change whatever you would like. I'm going to remove the, the Blue Jays out of my winners. You, you're going back on it now. No, I'm not going back on the fact that they're a bad team. I feel like I have a team who's looking at the Giants, considering they lost Rodon. I think I'm bumping the Yankees to my winners. Signing Judge, guy who is obviously an MVP caliber player. Adding Rodon, who's now the top two guys in your rotation, could win the Cy Young. Even though you lose like Ben Attendee, Chapman, Carpenter. I think the Yankees are my my winner this offseason for keeping Judge, Rizzo, and getting Rodon. 
Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair, and they they could have made it anybody's list. I, they're definitely up there with the Mets. I think I they just wanna, did a I didn't want to be basic, looking. Chris. I didn't want to. No, basic. I didn't want to be basic either. But now that I'm looking at it, I like them a little more than the Blue Jays, just for the fact that. That's fair. No, I I I agree. That's fair. As as I was talking through the Giants take, and I was saying we pretty much wrote off the fact that Judge was going to become a Giant. I think it was big enough for the Yankees to pick up for me to consider them a winner. And getting Rodon, yeah. they're obviously a better team than they were last year now. So, fair. All right, mine, my second loser this offseason, and and they were a loser. It's not my least favorite. They were losers. Is the Baltimore Orioles, and the reason why is the Baltimore Orioles last year surprised everyone by making a run, and they almost made the wild card game, and and it was crazy. It was a great run for Baltimore fans. It was a great run to watch in baseball. It was fun that the Orioles were good. They're a great young team. When the season ended, the general manager and ownership came out saying that they were going to, quote unquote, significantly significantly increase the payroll. They didn't do that at all. They didn't even touch signing, the payroll. I think their biggest it, signing was Adam Frazier, one year, eight million. That was it. They signed Adam Frazier and they signed Kyle Gibson. That was yeah. all they did this offseason. And it's sad. You know, they don't really lose anyone. They lose Jordan Lyles. They lose Odor, whatever. But they didn't significantly increase the payroll like they said they were going to do. It, it, I feel terrible for Baltimore Orioles fans. I feel so bad for them. Their team has a young, a good young core of guys that have been playing well and surprised the league last year, and they just didn't try to build around them at all. They didn't add a pitcher. Their starting rotation is terrible. It's so bad. You need a pitcher. You need a pitcher. I'm I'm praying every day that that I look at my phone and it says Baltimore Orioles sign Michael Waka. They need a veteran pitcher on this team more than anything, and they haven't signed him. And that's why they're in the losers column. They didn't do anything this offseason to make their team better when they said they were going to, and they absolutely should have in order to compete in the AL this year. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Fuck the Orioles. I'm mad. I wouldn't say fuck the Orioles. Well, I, I mean, I'm still going to root for them. They're, well, they're in my division. Okay. I can't. Fair. Fair. But That's I do agree. If you're, gonna, if, if, if you're going to say increase the payroll, increase the damn payroll. That, 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 that's why I'm mad. My last, I'm going out to the AL Central for this one. I'm going Detroit Tigers as losers of this offseason. I know there wasn't a lot to do here. But man, man, could this team team have done a lot to make themselves better. I think they deserve to be in this category every year just because they signed Javier Baez. Yeah, and they're still paying Miguel Cabrera $32 million for... (laughs) What 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 this will be is last season, but you know I'm I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna laugh about that one too much because that'll probably be like what the Correa or the Lindor deal looks like. And yep, it made sense at the time twenty thirty four, but Detroit could have done a lot more. And there's there's not much to say about this team, but I mean, look, there was obviously an attraction for Javi Baez to sign there last year. So the, there's definitely some things in the works in the farm system there, but man, like you got to trade some talent or you got to, you got to make yourself at least somewhat interesting. Like don't make this a full, like boring off season for your fans. Yeah. It, it, and it's sad for Detroit fans because they had to watch their two best prospects come up and, you know, kind of suck really bad last year. And they really don't have anything to look forward to. And it would be nice to give them something to look forward to. And the Tigers really didn't. Nobody really expected them to, but it it's just sad for teams like this, like the Tigers and the Royals and the Reds. It's it's just sad. You want to see them try to make moves, but you know they can't, but you got to at least try. And I know what you mean. I know why they're on your list, and it's just another sad team. I thought they at least could have went out there and traded um, 
Andrew Chafin. They should have. I mean, he's a, he's a very marketable reliever. Who had a good year last year. And it's only 33. So Exactly. I'm 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 honestly shocked that they didn't go out and try to make a trade for him. He's a free agent now or has he signed with somebody? I don't I don't know, honestly. I don't think he's signed with anybody yet. I'm gonna fact check that now, but he is a free agent. That's a guy that they they could have traded. They could have done something and and he has a free agent, yeah. They just didn't do anything. All right. Let's wrap up. This is my last pick. Least favorite off seasons. Here it is. And it, this is just one of my least favorites because I, I, I'm just disappointed, really. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. The St. Louis Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals really? are, 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 are on this list because I just wanted to see them do more. They go out, obviously, and and they and they do sign Wilson Contreras to take over catcher for Yadier Molina, and I love that. It's a huge upgrade immediately. Molina obviously was getting very old, and Contreras is just better. He's a better hitter. He's a he's he's going to be great behind the plate. So it's a great upgrade for them behind the plate, and I think he's going to be really good for them next year. Now, on the other hand, the St. Louis Cardinals did absolutely nothing to address the problems that they have in the starting rotation. Their rotation is lacking. It is lacking, and that was their problem last year, was that their rotation just wasn't it, and it wasn't going to be it going into the playoffs, and that's why they made the trade for Jose Quintana. And they let him walk after this year. I don't agree with that. I would have tried my best to sign, re-sign Quintana, but they did not. He walks to the Mets. And now you're in the same spot you were before the deadline last year with a lackluster pitching staff. You know, they have Wainwright, who's back for another season. Michaelis is there, and they have a couple other guys. You know, Flaherty is probably going to come back up this year and be part of this rotation, but I wanted to see the St. Louis Cardinals go out and try try to sign one of these pitchers. I wish they were in on Rodon. I really want them to, you know, if they missed out on Rodon, so hopefully I've been looking for them to maybe trade for a Pablo Lopez. But they just have not addressed the problems in the starting rotation, and that's that's why I think they're they're one of the losers this year. They Their team got slightly better with Wilson Contreras at catcher, but – you guys don't really have anyone to pitch. And I, I think it's really going to hurt them come playoff time. Do I still think they'll win the uh, the NL Central? Most likely. But come playoff time, this team is going to struggle for the second year in a row because they don't have the pitching to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm honestly shocked they weren't one of the – they were. I guess they were players for Rodon and DeGrom to a certain extent, but I'm surprised they weren't really trying to like – pursue those guys hard exactly and it's what they needed they needed an ace they needed an ace this team is an ace away they need they needed that more than Contreras. i mean Contreras is a nice piece but i guess i guess they really like the offensive production that you can get out of Contreras, and obviously a leader behind the dish is what they've they've been used to for the last the better part of the last two decades so it made sense for the Cardinals to to get a guy back there to really be an anchor behind the plate and be a face for the team. But, man, if you're a Cardinals fan, you know the ownership has money to spend. You know you're an attractive place for players to sign. You are you have a good team. You have arguably the best team in the NL Central. So it's like, why did, why did you guys not go out and get a Rodon or a DeGrom or make a trade for somebody? It's definitely going to be in the the minds of a lot of Cardinals fans after you have a guy like uh, Katana leave. So, yeah, I just don't get it, dude. Th- this is a good team with good pieces in the field in the lineup. You, know, you have an MVP candidate in Paul Goldschmidt and Arenado at third, Edmund at short. I mean, this is a team with good pieces. You have to complement yeah. those good pieces in the lineup with good pitching, or or you have nothing. You really do. 
and you're they're gonna win a week NL Central, but if that's all you're trying to do, then I guess you're fine. If you're trying to make a run at the playoffs, you need an ace pitcher. I'm sorry, that's just the game we live in now, and they just they just don't have it. All right, so that that wraps up our least and most favorite off seasons for this past off season. How about we get into some picks, guys? Let's get into some picks. Powered by Riverside. We got picks. Picks for Tuesday, January 10th. Yeah, we're not the best pickers, but we're doing all right. All right, we're doing all right. Jake's been pretty hot with the I think uh, Jake's been pretty hot with the NHL picks. I have been very, very cold. Started 3-1, and and I am 0 for my last three. I've won my last three bets. I am now 4-3. and No, 3-4. and 3-4, and and it's just sad. But and boy, I'm going to try to step it up this week. I'm feeling good about this week's pick. I'm feeling really good about it. Yeah? All right, you go first yeah. then. Go ahead. I got Seton Hall going up against Patrick Ewing in the Georgetown Hoyas tomorrow. I'm taking the Seton Hall Pirates minus nine and a half. We have a little thing that we like to say in the Big East called, you're playing Georgetown Roulette tonight. Is Georgetown going to beat you? I don't think it's going to happen tonight they're playing in dc but georgetown has lost 26 straight big east games yeah i saw that i saw that stat the other night so i love where the the seton hall pirates are standing coming into this game they're not the best big east team this year but they got some guys who could definitely beat georgetown i mean it's, it's not that difficult to do i'm taking the the pirates minus nine and a half tomorrow or tonight excuse me Loves be kid loves Big East basketball. I love Big East hoops. What can I say? For me, my pick. I'm actually also going to stay with college hoops. UNC against UVA, University of Virginia. They are ranked 13th in the country. UNC is plus four and a half, and I will be taking that spread. I love UNC. I just great colors. And fuck Virginia. I hate Virginia. Ever since Ty Jerome and and Kyle Guy went there and they went on a run in March Madness, I've hated Virginia, so I'm betting against them. UNC plus four and a half. Lock it in. It's going to hit. Jake, give us us your hockey bet. We're going with the Yotes. The Yotes are at home. They're playing the Sharks. The Sharks are fucking trash. And uh, I just – I really like the Coyotes. And they're going to get Bedard next year, so they're probably good vibes. They're going to play good. Coyotes, my God. The Yotes. I love I like the Yotes, dude. That might be your, your most bet team. I think I've taken them, or at least their game, three or four times now. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder how much it is to go to a Yotes game because they're still on ASU's campus, right? Mm-hmm. Probably like eight bucks. Yeah. Probably cheap. Yeah, probably cheap as shit. Alright, so should we do a roulette spin and get out of here? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling really good about today. I felt good about my pick. I woke up this morning and the first thing I said was, I think we're gonna hit the roulette wheel today. Alright. I I hope you're fucking right. So the the random number for today was thirty six. Thirty six, alright, and I have the wheel open and we're spread. We're spinning. We're spinning. Thirty-four. Oh. oh my god, dude! We why are we so close every time? We're gonna get it. I hate this. I I actually hate that this is a segment that we do because it's but it's gonna be so worth it when we hit it. It's gonna be so worth it. What if we just it. never hit it? Not with that All attitude, right. we're not going to. Yeah, you're right. You're right. We're definitely going to hit it on Friday. Right. So come back in to see if we get the uh, the come back spin on in Friday, on Friday. 
Absolutely. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out today. We will be back Friday, and we will be hitting the roulette spin. Come back Friday for a whole nother episode as Georgia just scores a wide-open touchdown. Go Toads. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out, and we will see you on Friday. Love you guys. We'll be right back.